0: You're listening to the Resurgent ATL Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good job. Good job. Oh, man. Um, you know, I, I, I liked what Jake was talking about during the transition about just making declarations. You know, um, just to add to this, uh, piggyback off of what Jake was talking about, we, you guys may or may not know, but you're the prophet of your own life. Do you know that? And all the declarations that come out of your mouth are either going to align you align you with heaven or align you with the kingdom of darkness. Amen? And I know we don't sit there and cognizantly, uh, I can't say that word. Yes, think that we're aligning ourselves with the kingdom of darkness, but if it's not lined up with what... What he says about you and what he says about your future, then you're working against yourself. Amen. So you're the prophet of your own life. I think God's getting ready to do something absolutely incredible in the, in the church uh, here locally in, 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 in the U.S. There's a holy reset coming, and I really believe it's going to come again through the hearts of his people. And it's going to be because our hearts are aligned with what he is doing and, um, so, I just encourage you to stay pliable, um, keep your ears open to what he's saying. don't get distracted there's a lot of distractions out there right now, a lot of distractions, so don't be distracted and uh, you know we talked about last week or the week before last we've been i've been doing a series on what it looks like to be. Uh, rooted, and of course, the first one we did was rooted in scripture, and then uh, week before last, we talked about being rooted in intimacy. Everybody, everybody remember that? And uh, we talked about being rooted in the soil of intimacy and being uh, building a secret place lifestyle because when you build a secret place lifestyle, you find out you find out two things, and you remember those two things the first one is it's where we find God. Amen? And he's always there waiting for us. Always. There's never a time that he's not waiting for us when we go into the secret place and we, we deliberately seek him. It was kind of like I used this parable and people didn't think it was sacrilegious. Was it's like my dog. My dog is at home waiting for me in the secret place When I come home, my dog is accepting of me, loving of me. All it wants to do is spend time with me. And that's how God the Father is. When you go into the secret place, that's where you're going to find him because he's been waiting for you all, all day long. Amen? The other thing, it's where you encounter his love for you, and it's from that place that your love personally is ignited for him. And it's from that place that you start realizing who he is, what he's about, what what He cares about, what He's passionate about, and that translates over into you becoming just like Him. Isn't that a great thing? Because here's the struggle. If we're not going into the secret place, and we're not becoming more like Him, when we get squeezed, what is coming out? (laughs) Amen? What's, What's coming out? What's coming out when we get... Uh, attacked by people around us? What's coming out when social media is creating a narrative trying to get you the most, which is his people, onto one side uh, against the thing that God loves the most, which is his people? I'm, 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 I'm not going to preach on this, but, man, I am about done with this mess that we've created a whole other mess where we're attacking LGBTQ people. It's, it's, it's not right. I'm not, now, what I'm, say, I'm not saying that it's okay for corporations and companies to promote stuff in their stores uh, to children. But really, children aren't personally walking into the store and buying these things without their parents' permission. The only way that's going to change is if we, when we get squeezed in community, we get squeezed when we're out, what's coming out of us? What we're spending time with in the secret place or what we're spending time with in social media, news, and whatever agenda that somebody has for us, right? I tried not to get political, but I'm telling you, I've about had enough of it. Because we, uh, who is calling me? Don't call me. Jeez, Don't y'all get tired of these spam calls? Now that we don't have phones in our home, they call your, I don't know how they get your number, but they get it. Somebody's giving your number away. Quit calling me. Anyway, I, you know, I, just, I don't want to get political on this stuff, but I'm telling you, guys, if, if we're the salt of the earth and we're to display the love of God, it's only going to happen if we're in his presence and we're absorbing who he is. That's what's overflowing to us. The world doesn't need our opinion. The world needs his opinion. And most of the stuff you see coming out is coming out from an old covenant theology. It's not new covenant theology. I'm getting way off my message this morning. But I'm just telling you, man, I'm just done with it. I am done with it. Because we need to represent his kingdom accurately. You can still hate sin and still love the sinner. And you don't have to do it being mean and hateful. Sorry, I'm getting off on a soapbox this morning. Oh, man, I'm just done with it, man. Mm. So, during what we've been talking about being rooted, we talked about how God used David. That God's process in David's life was designed to prepare him to be a leader, you know? Uh, who could handle the, the weight of increase and promotion, And just like David, the third soil that contains vital nutrients uh, for your root system is community and family. And I know that might hit some of you guys on a weird nerve or whatever because a lot of us experience community on so many different levels. And we see community or family demonstrated on so many levels. But whether they're healthy or they're not healthy, the reality is it's only when we find our people that we can fulfill our purpose. The truth is, it's our, pur- our purpose lies inside of our people. Do you know that? Your purpose lies inside of the people that are around you. And that's a hard thing to grasp sometimes, it's a hard thing to grab onto. Let's, let's throw 1 Samuel 22, 1 and 2 up, this verse. So we, we're, talk, we're, about, we're talking about how God has used David and in, in the process, he, process he's taken him through to prepare him for what's coming down the road. So in this verse, we see David's been running from Saul. Uh, Saul is pursuing him because Saul is jealous. He's the mad king. He doesn't want David to succeed. He doesn't want David to succeed as becoming king. And so he's pursuing David to kill David. So let's read this together. So David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. Everybody say Adullam. Soon his brothers and all his other relatives joined him there. Then others began coming, men who were in trouble or in debt, or who were just discontented until David was the captain of about 400 men. Man, that's a lot of guys. And you know what? That sounds like a who's who's list of some of the finest people. Come on. (laughs) Discontented, uh, financial problems. I mean, all these things, these people gather to David in a cave, Wow, what a recipe for success, right? And, you know, what? the funny thing about this is, is God gave David a group of broken people to live with and to lead. And, you know, this, this is the thing that is so true. God always uses imperfect people to perfect and to shape us into what he's called us to be. It's true whether you believe it or not. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, you guys got to interact with me a little bit. He always chooses to use imperfect imperfect people to shape us into what he's called us to be. And, you know, when we reject the vessel God chooses, we don't benefit in what he's trying to develop in us. We want to tell God who he can use and who he can't use. Oh, I don't like that guy right there. Because he, he seems a little cocky. He seems a little arrogant. Or he's a know-it-all or... Uh, you know, this or that or whatever. So I'm going to go pick this person over here to hang out with because I like them better. And I'm not saying that emotional, relational things aren't involved in this thing, but here's the deal. Iron sharpens iron. And sometimes it's the people that we least expect that God uses in our life. And if you get picky. And you get choosy. You are going to cut yourself out of a blessing. It's, it's just the truth. And um, you know it's the soil of community. It was the soil of community in a cave. That David learned the value and the strength. That comes only through relationship and Disagreement. And it's only in this place that we can test the true, the true strength of our resolve. You don't know how strong a relationship with, a relationship is unless you test it in disagreement. Did you know that? You know, we used to, And we still say this: we can agree to disagree. See, today in, in today's culture, we can't disagree with anybody, because if we disagree with anybody, we're going to get canceled. Oh, I don't like you. I don't. I don't agree with your policies. So, or I don't agree with who you are, and I don't like what you said. So, eh, I'm. I'm blocking you. I'm cutting you off of social media. I'm cutting you off of Facebook, Instagram, whatever. And we're not better for it. We're not better for it. Why? Because it's in disagreement that we learn how to do brave communication and conflict resolution. Come on, guys. Maybe this is just hitting home for some of us. I mean, it's it's hit home for me a lot. This is the thing the church sucks at. Come on, can I get an amen on that? They, I'm sorry, I'm using this word. I don't know what else to say. They suck at it. Big time. Big time. And I guess it's, it's because there's so many of us that have been steeped in Western individualism that it seems so counterculture for us, you know, that... When the Lord takes us into the cave of community to develop our root system, it's where we're going to have to do the hard work. It's where we're going to have to do the hard work of disagreement and learning how to work through through those disagreements and say, well, you know what, even if I disagree with you, Jake, you're still my brother in the Lord, and I still love you. And I'm not going to let that disagreement keep me from benefiting from the relationship I can have with you. Say amen or oh me, it's true. Come on, guys. Come on, Steve. Love it when you say that. Come on, Steve. And you know what? The the, the recipe for that is to walk in a place of honor and love. The recipe is to walk in honor and love, even when you disagree. You've got to remember the sole purpose of you being here is for connection. It's not for you to be an individual, and individualistic, and just separate yourself from people. It's about connection. Your heart to him and his heart to you, and then that, those two hearts connected to the people that are around you. And to a world who needs to see the love of God. Not the judgment of God. Judgment was already taken, has already taken place. It was taken place on a cross 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. So we as Christians got to quit this mess of thinking we need to get on social media and be, be the judge. Yeah, come on. It's not in line with what God says in his new covenant. You know, I, I'm going to tell a little story. I had a guy, uh, a friend of mine, well, at the time I didn't really think he was a friend. He was a work associate. And I'm I'm just going to be, he he doesn't care. I'm not going to use names, but I'll just, when I was working at Bethel Atlanta, I had been there about seven years, and this guy came in, guns blazing, you know, and he was just wanting to try to make an impression. He was trying to be, you know, uh, you know, show everybody, hey, I'm here, and I want to give 100%, and it annoyed me, a, a lot, annoyed me. And, you know, I'm just like, man, this guy's got an agenda, and I just don't like this guy, I mean, I just to, and that's hard for me. It's hard for me to believe that I was like that because I'm not that type of person. But uh, I, I did, and I, I acted that way. And I really never fully let this guy into my world, into my circle, ever, ever. And uh, and this comes back to doing the hard, the hard work in community, in family. And so, you know, I was. He came in. I didn't have much to do with him. I left like three years later, four years later. The last five years, didn't even think about this guy. And then one morning, I'm praying, and the Lord said, you need to go to him, and you need to ask him to forgive you. Out of nowhere. And I'm like, why not got to do that, guy? (laughs) He said, because it's a place that you didn't surrender to me. And, uh, man, kind of broke my heart. And so I went and had breakfast with this guy. And basically, I didn't go into a lot of detail. I just, I basically said to him, hey, I want you to know, I I want to ask your forgiveness. Because when I was here and you were here, I didn't see the value in who God made you to be. And I'm sorry. And I see the value now. And the dude started crying. Because I know he tried really hard to be my friend and i put up a wall. And remember boundaries without doors they're 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 not boundaries they're just walls we wall people out. That's not what that's not who we are. That's not that's not what we're supposed to be doing. You see the people the people around us it's so important that we understand that This soil of community is so crucial for us to bear and produce lasting fruit. I said this a couple weeks ago. Jesus said, I'm commanding you to bear fruit and not bear just a little fruit, bear a lot of fruit. Bear a lot of fruit. And the reality is that fruit is perfected and tested in community and in family. And uh, Galatians 5, 23, you guys know this, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Oh, my God, I don't know if I can do this. I mean, that's a lot. And then the last one, self-control, oh, my Lord. You know, on a good day, I love what Danny says, on a good day, I can only control myself. And, man, is that not true. I can't control what you do. I can't control what you think. I can't control any of that. All I can do is control how I react. Or should I say respond to how you're acting. Period. And you see the people around us, you know, they help us grow fruit. But they also awaken the destinies that are dormant within us. And they give us pers- Purpose. Something happens when you join a family or a community of creative thinkers. You begin to expand your capacity. You begin to grow. You become like-minded when you're in that community. When you're outside of that community and you're not exposing yourself to that, you're not growing. And when you're handpicking who you're going to hang out with versus who the Lord brings into your life, you're really not going to grow. I know this is probably a hard message for some of you guys because we don't talk about this enough in church. But it's the thing that is, and I mean, I don't know how to say it other than it's the thing that's killing unity in the church today. And we want to know why we're, we're, we're not walking in a place of power in the supernatural, because we don't know how to walk in a place of love and honor. You know, there's no Lone Rangers in the kingdom. I said this the other day on Facebook. There's no Lone Rangers in the kingdom. You know, the Lone Ranger even had Tano, okay? Whoever remember a Lone Ranger? Tano, come on. Man, I know we're old. I'm sorry. I used to watch, yeah, don't go off on that. I'll start spitting them out, man. But I used to watch the Lone Ranger all the time in Tano and Tano never said anything. He'd just say, Kimasabi. Yes, Kimasabi. Here's a joke for you. So, Lone Ranger and Tano retire, and they're sitting on a front porch in rocking chairs. And the Lone Ranger looks over at Tano, and they're just rocking. And uh, Tano's not doing about the same he always does, doesn't say anything. And uh, the Lone Ranger looks over at Tano. And he says, Hey, Tano, I've been meaning to ask you all these years, you call me Kimasabi. What does that mean? He said, Jerk. See? In relationships, we have to work on our relationships. And you can think the guy next to you or the lady next to you or whoever is in community is the biggest jerk in the world. But you've got to learn how to agree to disagree and find the commonality. The commonality is that you're a blood-bought Christian. Amen? Maybe their flaws aren't The same as your flaws, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to go back on. We all need people. We're not lone rangers. You know, even Batman had Robin. The apostle, the apostle, the impossible. The apostle Paul had who? Barnabas. Esther had Mordecai. Right? That is a picture of family. It's a picture of community. Jesus had the twelve. And some of you going to go. Jesus didn't need community. Jesus was God. He didn't need to be validated by community. Oh, yes, he did. I'm going to read some verses to you just to try to make it legal. Let me see if I can find it. So this one is in Hebrews 4.15. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way. Everybody say every way. Just as we are. Guys, Jesus came as a man, but was God, because he wanted to be able to empathize and understand what we go through. And he needed community. He had the same struggles that we do. He dealt with people that were really challenging and then people that were just—I don't know—just could you can't you couldn't deal with them. That was the religious people, okay. But he dealt with all kinds of people, and uh, he needed community. If you look in Matthew twenty-six forty, it talks about when he's in the garden. He took three disciples with him to the garden, and he said, "Man, I, I'm I'm crushed. My heart is broken. I'm I'm I'm." Of course, physically, he was going to be dying. But he says, right now, I am just in anguish. And I need you to be here with me. And I need you to stay watch with me. And then he went off to pray. And then when he came back, he catches him doing what? Sleeping. And in his anguish, he said, couldn't you even stay up with me for one hour to support me? So we see there's definitely Jesus needed community. He needed relationship. And if he needs it, we need it, amen. It's where you find your purpose. It's where you find your destiny is with your people. We only, when, we only, uh, when you find your people, your community, you can fulfill your purpose. Jesus' destiny was to was to bring freedom to mankind, to save mankind, and redeem mankind. But his purpose was to demonstrate the kingdom of heaven, so it could be replicated, right? That's why he was here. And um, the gospels make it really clear that Jesus lived in community because he and his disciples, what did they do? They traveled together, they ate together, they slept uh, in rooms together, they worked together. And scripture shows some of those occasions when Jesus took time away from his disciples, it was to commune with the Father Which shows us that he had a secret place lifestyle, secret place intimacy with the Father. But he also needed community and he didn't want, he was not a loner. Jesus was not a loner, period. You know, God never intended for us to do life alone outside of family and community. Why? Because isolation is a killer. And I'm telling you, since 2020, the church has bought a lie that it's okay to be isolated. It's not. I love these I love these videos uh animal videos where they're eating eating each other and killing things, you know. I'm a man, so sorry guys. Ladies just bear with me. And uh one of the ones I love the most that represents community so well and the peril of community is the the cape they call it black they call them black death in africa but they're cape buffaloes and when they're herded up and they're together mm-hmm, nothing's going to get them okay nothing's going to get them but it's when one breaks free from the herd and gets isolated that that the lions come in and they take them down take them down 1 Peter 5 says that the enemy goes about as what? A roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And, um, you know, he'll do everything he can do to isolate you. Everything. Uh, he'll try to get you offended. He'll get you disgruntled. He'll try to isolate you with shame over some issue in your life. But let me tell you something. Nothing destroys the power of shame or offense like choosing to move towards community. Because you're taking a step saying, hey, I'm not going to be alone here and I'm going to do something about it. And the truth is, community is so costly sometimes because we brush shoulders with people who are so different. They're so different from us. Yet this is the very place that cultivates transformation and not just personalization. And I love what I know personally we've had some things happen in the church the last couple months, and I've I've interacted with different people, and some of those people have been in places where they could have been shamed, and instead of being shamed, they intentionally stayed in community. And guess what? They are healthier for it today. Because they made a decision to stay, not isolate themselves. And whenever you find yourself hiding from And I'll say this loud whenever you find yourself hiding from people or trying to push them away or blaming others around you, an alarm bell should go off on the inside of you. And a loud speaker should come over in your head and it should say, The enemy is trying to isolate me. The enemy is trying to isolate me. And the thing that you do next is the most important thing you can do make the decision that I'm going to talk to someone, I'm going to call for help. Right? What nine times out of ten, what do we do? We don't. We run. Because we don't want to deal with the pain or the anguish or the frustration of having to walk through those feelings and those, and those emotions. But what we don't realize is that we're isolating ourselves yet again. And we become unhealthy and more unhealthy for it. And uh, again, I'm not gonna show, I was gonna show the video, but I'm not gonna do it. Don't don't cue the video, it might be too gruesome for the ladies. So I was gonna do this. So with Black Death, with the buffaloes, listen, the buffaloes that do get isolated and they get broke off from the herd, I just watched this yesterday and it was, man, this is awesome. This buffalo's out by itself and it's got five lions on top of it. I mean, it's fixing to go down. And that buffalo starts crying. And calling out. And within a minute, here comes the community to the rescue. And they come running in. And I mean, they're chunking lions left and right. It's awesome. I mean, throwing them 20 feet in the air. And they ain't scared. Because they know there's power in numbers. See, we got to learn this. We can learn something from animals, guys. It's called survival. <laughs> Listen, your survival depends on you making a decision to stay in community no matter what. And not to believe the lie that you don't need people. You need people. Because if you, if you isolate yourself like, that, like these buffaloes did and they, didn't, they don't call for help, they're going to die. They're going to die. And uh, we, we can learn so much from that, you know. But you, but you have to get to a place where you say, I refuse to be isolated because isolation, again, is a killer. And even though David was isolated and in a cave, guess what? He was surrounded by community. It was dysfunctional community, but he was still surrounded by community. And, um, again, it's a process in community. It's a process. Everything's not going to be perfect. Because as soon as you walk into it, it's imperfect. As soon as I walk into it, it's imperfect. And uh, you know, I'm gonna say this: this past year, I personally, just me personally, I struggled to do this very thing. I didn't want to be vulnerable. Uh I didn't with my personal struggles, my anger, my disappointments, but deep down inside I knew, okay? Uh, if I was going to be be healthy and the best version of me, I had to turn to community and I had to turn to the leaders around me. And many of you were a part of that process. You were part of that process. And I also went outside of the community and found counseling and different voices that would speak into my life. Because I knew without it, I would have a skewed perceptive. perception. It is your job, not a leader's job, your job to be healthy physically, spiritually, emotionally, and you're only going to find it in the accountability place of community and family. You know, over the years, I've watched tons of friends, and I'm sad to say this, tons of my friends and peers in the ministry who didn't want to make the hard choice of doing community. They didn't want to do it. They didn't want to take ownership, and they didn't want to submit their lives to other people, and this proved to be fatal for them. I mean, I, could, I, got, I got two hands winning even be able to count all the people that I've seen go to the wayside. And the sad thing is, today, they're not even doing what they were called to do because they refused to be accountable to community. And they became isolated and they became toxic. And they, and they refused to listen to voices that spoke into their lives. You, you can't do anything with that. You can't do anything with that. You've got to take ownership. And, uh, and, and listen, I've been there. I mean, I've been there prior to where I was this year where I didn't take ownership of stuff and I ran from it because I didn't want to experience pain. And guess what? I just kept riding that perpetual merry-go-round. Going around in circles, going around in circles. And that's not God's best for, for you. It's not God's best for me. Because remember this, in isolation, this is so important, remember, in isolation, lies become truth because there's no one there to bring balance and clarity. In isolation, lies become truth because there is no one there to bring balance and clarity. And as much as we've all been hurt, frustrated, or annoyed by community, you must make a deliberate choice to stay in it. We do get hurt in community, but guess what? Here's the other side of this. We get healed. We get healed. We only get hurt to the level of unhealthiness that's in our lives until we become healthier and we can understand that hey we can take ownership of this and we can change and then the healing begins to take place and it's so it's so needed in, in the church world today and it's so needed, we, the church has to become healthy in this area if we're going to lead the lost to a loving father can't lead the lost to a loving father if we're if we're all messed up and we're toxic and we're broken and we don't know how to we don't know how to do community or relationship. Because here's the reality: some of those people outside of the church world or outside of Christian circles, they're doing community better than the church is doing it. So when you're over here trying to tell them that they need a God who can't even get his people together in agreement and don't love each other and there's more political stuff in the church than there is in the world, they're going to give you the finger and they're going to tell you to take a hike. Excuse my French. <laughs> That's what they're going to do. we got to get this thing down. we we got to get it down. You know, just like David, people, the people God sent to him when he was in Dulem, they they awakened the destiny that... That was on the inside of him. And what did it do? It prepared him for the throne as a leader and a king. And their destinies were intertwined. You know, I love the Ecclesiastes says, a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Their their destinies were intertwined. And because they were intertwined and because they learned how to do community, that thing was, it, it couldn't be broken. We wouldn't have David's mighty men... Without them choosing to do community in the cave and learning how to agree to disagree. I'm sure they fought all the time. Can you imagine the stuff that was going on inside of that cave? I mean, crazy. But they somehow, some way, they forged through the difficulty. And what did they do? They came out walking in a place of honor and love and in a place of health that established a throne for thousands of years. <laughs> it's just so cool. Listen, a is your cave of community and where you find your purpose and your destiny. It's hard, but it's worth it. I want you to make a decision to be rooted in the soil of community because it's where your destiny will grow. Period. It's where your destiny will grow. I know messages like this aren't really great and easy because it, it deals with taking ownership and having to do something about it. But guys, until we're ready to do that, we're never going to move forward and we're not going to get healthier. So love you guys. Craig, come on up here and close this thing out. Thank you guys. What a word. Amen. Let's
1: stand to our feet. We're going to activate this word right now. Um, when Chris told me that, I kind of knew, I knew he was going to be talking about the subject, and I was like, Lord, how do we end this? Because that's, it's, it's different, you know. And then and um, It's easy to talk about being giant killers, and and uh, it's easy to talk about breakthrough, but it's not as easy to talk about taking responsibility yeah. to make connection. And so, this is what the Lord gave me, um... Chris made a post, Pastor Chris made a post about a couple weeks ago, and he said, there's an upgrade of relationships coming. And when I read that, I read it in the sense of, okay, that means God's bringing new people into my life. He's going to bring me more people. But then today, as I was sitting there, the father said, it's not so much that I'm going to bring more people or new people. It's learning to discern the relationships that you have right now properly. To discern the relationships. I'm not preaching this message. I want to, I, we're going to pray on this because it's very important. Listen to this. God often sends you what you need in packages you least expect. We often miss what the Father is wanting to do and give us because we, prop, we do not properly discern people. Paul said, don't know him after the flesh. And it's the humility and the honor in that relationship that draws greatness out of your kingdom connections. Right? So put your hands out. We're gonna do a couple things here. The first thing is I'm just gonna pray this over you. I want you now, I want you to pray. I want you to talk to the Father. And I want you to ask the Father to help you to discern. And if we can, let's limit the movement around Just kind of stay. It's not going to be long, but this is very important. This is where we take ownership of the word that's been given us. That's where the fruit is. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to ask the Father, help me to discern the relationships that are in my life properly. Give me proper discernment. And then here's the key. It's not the people that you're comfortable with. It's not the people that you're already hanging out with. There are people in this room that you have not even talked to or really connected on a deep level that have a key to unlock something in your life. And so I want you to pray for that discernment right now. Father, give us discernment. Help us to discern the kingdom connections, divine appointments, divine connections that are in this family and outside of this family that you're desiring to join to this family, to increase this family give us discernment God help us to see beyond the exterior the personality the way they look the the way they talk help us to see the greatness in each other help us to see greatness in every person around us help us to not know them after the flesh but to be rooted in humility and honor so that we can draw greatness out of these relationships The second thing I want you to pray is I want you to ask the Father to give you courage to pursue connection even in the midst of disagreement and misunderstanding. Come on, do that right now. Father, increase our courage to pursue connection even in the midst... And I'm a personal example of this. I actually left this family for a a short season. And as I was... somehow thriving in a way in another family and the Lord spoke to both me and my wife and said you you did not you did not you did not exit properly you did you you did not manage that 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 well so you're gonna have to take ownership and you're gonna have to be courageous and you got to go back because you can never go forward until you take care of those things that the Father we run from it. So I want you to right now, is there anything in your life, any relationship where you've done that? Take ownership. Ask for forgiveness right now. And I'm a better man because I came back. And since I've come back, it's opened things up and caused my personal family to be increased. Proverbs 18.1 says, A man who isolates himself seats his own desires enrages against all wise judgment the third thing I want you to pray is Lord deal with the selfishness in my life where I'm not willing to invest time money time and money is how you spell relationships where I'm willing to to make time that's a hard one we live in a microwave society that everything's fast and everything's supposedly easy. And look what it's done for our nation. We have to slow down. Now, here's the last thing. I want you to go find somebody real quickly. I want you to find one person in this room that you have not really talked to, that you don't really know. And I want you to go to them and I want you to Ask the Lord, we're not going to take long, I'm going to call you back and we'll be done. I want you to ask the Lord, show me something in them that I can honor and I can make a demand on, that I can see in them, and I want you to speak it over them. And then secondly, I want you to take time to do that together, and then I want you to bless each other. So go ahead and do that now. Go ahead and do that now. I I believe the Lord wants to stretch us. Come on. We're almost done. This is the this is the we're gonna make it practical. Find somebody you, you don't necessarily listen, don't find somebody you already have talked to, you've gone to lunch with. I see people right now, they're with people that they already come on, get out of your safety. We're building community. We're building family. This is how we do it. And I don't want to call people out. I'm not going to shame anybody. Come on. I see people back there that are by themselves. Go find somebody. Oh, man. So go ahead and do that, and I'll call you back in just a minute. Come on. Challenge yourself. Go deeper. Okay, if we could go ahead and just begin to give you a couple more minutes to wind it up. Wow. 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 Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many of you got something out of it? I did. Listen, that was not, you know, I was actually in the back of my head going, I don't know if we should do This is kind of awkward, but I really felt like it was the Father. And uh, later on, I'll share a testimony that came out of it right up here, uh, a word that God gave me for uh, Stephen, and it was really impactful for both of us. So listen, I want here's, here's the last thing that I'm going to bless you. Our prayer team is going to come to the front. They're going to pray for you if you have a need. Don't be afraid. Take that time. But here's something I want to also challenge you in. I want you to, you don't have to do it today, but I want you to begin to ask, you know, just pray about it. Say, Father, who can I take to lunch on Sunday after church? Who can I go spend time with for maybe 30 minutes or an hour that I can invest in? And I want us to do that as a community because when we do that, that's where multiplication takes place. I mean, you believe that. Greatness will come out of you when you invest that time. We're going to slow things down. We're going to be intentional about making connection, building community, because that's a big part of our vision. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, we bless this day. We thank you for what you have done in us today. We pray that the, the seeds that have been implanted within us that you would water, that you would increase, and Lord, that we will leave this place today in a greater way, where we're building community throughout this week. We'll be praying for each other. We'll be, uh, get a prophetic word and send a text or make a phone call. Somebody in here that we don't normally speak to. Help us to build new relationships. In this place and outside of this place. Father, increase this family. We say yes to the responsibility that you've given us to steward this awesome family. And we bless this week. We thank you for what you're going to do this week. And we declare we go out blessed in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen and amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday. If you need prayer, come to the front and we'll pray for you.
0: For more resources and information about Resurgent ATL, please visit our website.